Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. I'm recording this on the train because I don't want to delay the release of this podcast any longer. I'm sorry about the slight delay. I actually recorded on Tuesday, but I recorded it in a cafe and the sound quality was affected by the noise of the cafe. So I had to run it through the excellent Bryce Halliday and his um, much better, his much better audio talent. Um, I'm on a train, as I said, so you can probably hear that in the background. You might be able to deduce uh, the place to which I'm travelling. I had a really good conversation this week with Jen Carnavale, who's an excellent comedian, somebody I knew in my early days at Sydney University doing theatre sports when she was doing plays with her friend and comedy partner, Madeline Culp. They used to work together a lot, and now they've gone kind of into separate solo careers. She talks a little bit about that, and we discuss some contentious ideas, um, including some of the stuff that came out this week with the death of Robin Williams. And when I say came out this week, I mean on social media, the way that people responded to that death, Uh, which takes me to my second point that I wanted to talk about in this intro, which is I wrote an article on my Tumblr, which you can get to through my Alice Comedy Fraser website. Uh, I wrote an article about a thing that I'd noticed people doing in the course of talking about this depression and suicide issue. I noticed people saying you should reach out to your friends, uh, celebrate Are You OK Day, um, tell people that they're loved. And I wrote a response to that because not because I think it's the wrong thing to do I think it is the right thing to do I think you should reach out to your friends and tell them that they are loved oh no I could be fine I don't have my feet on the seats that's alright that has derailed me which is funny it's not funny it's about a train it's a bad pun the point was I wrote this article about um, the fact that there's no narrative in our society no heroic narrative that allows somebody to walk away from a friend with a mental illness, even if, by being there, you cannot help them, which is often the case with a mental illness, and even if, by being there, you are taking damage. And that hero thing... um, That hero thing runs through our culture. I'm glad I'm in an empty carriage here telling you this. Um... It's okay to be the man in no man's land holding your dying companion who's just been shot and then you take a bullet too. That's a heroic thing. But if you're the man that leaves your dying companion when you could never have helped him, there's no narrative that makes that okay. And I think, I mean, that's a bad analogy. But I wrote, read the article. I think it makes a complex point and I hope it makes it in a sensitive and considered way as somebody who's been on kind of both sides of that equation the um, having been in a bit of a pit and also having been around people who were physically and mentally ill, family and friends um, I have experienced both sticking around when you can't help and telling somebody that I didn't have that I couldn't engage with their mental illness 
and cutting them off. So I wrote this article and I got a really interesting response. This is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the response to my response to the responses to the news of Robin Williams' death. Um, I got all these emails. No one shared the article. Very few people shared it around. It didn't go viral. I got lots of direct messages, personal messages from people who read the article and I wanted to read some of them because I think they're interesting and informative. Obviously they're private messages so I'm not going to share names but I will read them out because I think they're worth it. This one said, Hey Alice, I just read your Are You OK piece and thought it was excellent. I've had to take the step back approach with my own mum who's clearly battling with mental health issues but refuses to medicate. I'm completely unjust, unqualified to help. In fact, given my usually positive outlook on life, I only get accused of non-understanding, which compounds it and makes my offers of help seem not just insignificant, but worthless. Worth, worse than worthless. I felt like I was the counter-medicine, and so the only way to help Mum was to step away and let her battle on in her own way. This disturbs me every day. Thanks for writing that piece and allowing me to put into words for the first time how I feel about my own situation and maybe a little less guilt for what is so complex. Talking and writing helps. Love your work. Your piece really struck a chord with me and obviously compelled me to write to you, so well done for articulating it so brilliantly. Thank you for sharing that with me. It's really brave and I appreciate it. It makes me feel like it was worth writing that piece. The other side of that, I guess, was another one of these messages, which I thought was worth reading, which said, Hey, Alice, I liked your Tumblr post on Are You OK? I was going to comment on the post on Facebook, but I don't think publicly talking about my own experiences would be helpful. Are You OK? helped me in a way that I didn't fully understand at the time because I didn't know what I was thinking or that how I was thinking was a sign of depression. I think where Are You OK? succeeds was for people like me who hadn't been diagnosed with depression or who understood what they're f feeling is something more than just feeling upset and didn't know what to do. I had an Are You OK? volunteer hand me a card at Flinders Street Station and I had a feeling that something with me wasn't 100%. The card made me go to a website, read up on how I was feeling and then it got me to talk to someone. It's a few years later and the last few weeks I've been suffering from anxiety attacks and depression and I know someone asking the equivalent of are you okay is not going to help me now because I know what I'm going through and I'm treating it in the way I have to. As you said, that burden of someone else caring can feel like a punishment and for me that's usually what brings anxiety attacks on. I don't even know why I'm telling you this. I'm not saying it because I think you're wrong or anything like that. There is no wrong. Maybe because are you okay holds a special place to me because it helped me out and I will appreciate it for a long time. And I responded to that because I, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't being insensitive or that the insensitivity in my post, if there was insensitivity, was worth it, that I was being clear about what I was saying. This um, will stop I'm not sure if I made that point effectively. He said, yeah, I think there are awareness campaigns. I don't think Are You OK? And those campaigns are aimed, are aimed at people who are on a more extreme end of the scale of depression or are already aware of their depression. I needed that awareness, and most people who are in that situation do. Beforehand, I would just metaphorically slap myself in the face, tell myself I was being ridiculous and get on with it. As dumb as this sounds, are you OK? And that stupid card I got made me take action. Maybe I already knew, but it was a tipping point to find help. 
I still have that card too. It's very tattered. But I keep it in my drawer at home. So, yeah, that was two of the responses that I got, um, private messagedly. Um, I also got a few more public responses uh, that I can share names on, but may not. One is from a comedian who I don't know very well. I've met her once or twice. Um, and she says, I supported my husband through three years of PTSD until I reached the point where I couldn't do it anymore. Three years of bringing him back from the brink of suicide took its toll on me, but the cultural expectation of service and martyrdom, which I had internalised completely, made it incredibly difficult to walk away from someone I loved, and I always figured out he suffered more than me, so how could I walk away? In the end, it turned out walking away was the best thing for both of us, but it's the most difficult thing I've ever done. Thanks for seeing this issue, Alice, and for writing about it. I've never seen anything written in support of carers who can't care anymore. It truly helps. All in all, I'm pleased I wrote the article. Um, I don't seem to have got a lot of bad feedback from it, um, except for one piece which I don't think is particularly worth reading because it's so uh, venomous and possibly insane that I don't think I'll pollute your ears with it. That's the nature of being a woman on the internet having opinions or anyone on the internet having opinions. Um, that's it for me. This is a longer intro than usual. Um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I enjoyed having the conversation and I will see you next week. You're having tea with Alice. I mean, every comedian says that they're socially retarded, whatever. But I, I had, like, a lot of social... Like, the first friend I made was Mads. Like, I wasn't good at talking to people, ever. Yeah. And I think my default, because I take after my dad, and he's a barrister, and he yeah. looks angry and aggressive, I guess. Yeah. I feel like that's how I look. Well, it could just be as simple as, like, you have dark hair and she has light hair. Yeah. Like, and people are that quick to box you. Yeah, yeah, and we both hated it. But that was, like, a constant thing. Like, that was always like, oh, Mads is a sweet one. And people would just say it to both of our faces, which was even harder because when someone's like, well, you're the mean... You know, we used to call you the mean one. And you're like, how do I... How do I respond to that? <laughs> what do I do with that? I'm not. Thank you. Mean, thank you. <laughs> fuck yes. you. Like, yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. say fuck you in response to that because then you're just driving uh, Yeah. Around. They're like, knew it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I find when I'm less prepared, I come across as more um, confident sometimes. Oh, okay, yeah. Like uh, that, a lot, when I did that thing for Women of Letters, that was so written on the spur of the moment. And yeah, I yeah. came across as much more polished than I even wanted it to. Coping mechanism? Yeah, absolutely. The coping mechanism is everything is okay. Mm. I have it under control. Yeah. Back off. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm fine. I'm just fine. don't anyone talk to me or touch me. Yeah. yeah. I remember that in like first year uni, just being so desperate for like somebody to love me or look after me and having somebody in my choir mm. say, oh yeah, you give off a big, you know, wrong yeah, way yeah, turn yeah. back sign for guys. And I was like, I. Really? Yeah. But how weird is that though? I relate to that completely. Like, Listening to your other episodes, there were so many things 
It's really weird because I feel like some things we have so in common. Yeah. And then other things were completely foreign to me. But yeah. like, just little things you've said along the way. This is totally uh, small, but for starters, I get the same thing too, where loads of people are like, oh, you're just really intimidating. I'm like, I don't know how to converse with people. What are you talking about? I yeah. feel like I'm loads more confident now. Yeah. But when I started, I, it was seriously just an issue of that. But stuff like that. And when you said in one episode about growing up and not watching TV and stuff yeah. and people talking about loads of episodes, that was something that stuck with me because my family didn't really watch TV. Like, they were like, oh, it's, you know read a book or do something else or whatever yeah so all through my teens and stuff and even now my partner makes a joke about it all the time yeah people reference the simpsons or they reference that those childhood shows they're obsessed with i have no idea what they're yeah. talking about most of the time yeah so when you said that i was like oh and you think else. they're really clever <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, oh my god that's a great quote um you know yeah, it's funny. It is, and it's like, yeah, I, I'm trying to like, because everyone who loves them wants to show you them. Yeah. So, my partner's constantly like, let me show you this awesome Simpsons episode that was great when he was like 12 or something. And I think they're great because people have the memory attached to them when they remember them and they laughed about them and their friends and they yeah. compare them to their teachers. But for me, I feel just like, it's good, but I don't have... You weren't there when... It wasn't yeah. your first contact with these ideas. No! Often people get to, like, because this, The Simpsons covered almost every classic. Yeah. It's like when you see kids' theatre and they're making those hack jokes that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, it's behind you, that kind of thing, and the kids are like, oh, my God! Mm. You know, you know when is a door not a door? When it's a jar. Yeah. Oh my god, best yeah. joke ever. Because it's the first time they've ever heard it, and you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, this small crappy theatre group gets to be the first time you ever heard a knock knock joke. Yeah. Like that's nice though. Yeah. I think that was The Simpsons for a lot of people. Yeah, and it definitely wasn't for me. Yeah. So, but stuff like that, and the apple juice thing you do, I totally do that. <laughs> Which sounds really strange. Controlling your experiences. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so do you drink or do you not drink? I do, but not often. And when I do, I'm because I don't drink often, I'm such a lightweight, lightweight. that if I have a glass of wine, yeah. I will be tipsy. So See, that's what I worry me. about. I worry because I don't drink. If I started now, it'd just be... I'd say you probably would be just like, yeah, really, like... Embarrassing? No, it wouldn't be embarrassing, but... But it's bad, though, because if you go out with people and they go, I'll get this round, I never want to do that because I'm like, I'm not going to... I don't want you to keep buying me drinks yeah. because I'm going to be done at, like, two yeah. and I'm not going to be able to join in with this yeah. and you're going to get angry and I'm going to have to go home because I'm going to vomit after three glasses of wine. Like, I can't... I used to feel like that with, um, with guys because I was a very slow to get into like dating and kissing yeah. and like everything I felt like I was three or four steps behind so if a guy would ask me out I'd be like look I'm pretty sure I can't give you what you're looking for <laughs> like, just, just straight out of the gate yeah like and and I didn't know what they were looking for but I just assumed oh yeah yeah I've yeah I've had um experiences like that I'm not going to go into too much detail but just from being freaked out like with mm. guys I've just like shouted out stuff about how I can't do like something you know I'm just going to say it now because it sounds completely absurd and if I hate that then we can cut it out later yeah. I guess but yeah it was with a guy who I've, I liked for ages and I never spoke to him and I adored him for like years 
was and he came to a party and I was like oh my god and it was at the house I was living at and we were like in my room kissing and then halfway through I just screamed out I can't have sex with you now why I screamed it out I don't even know I think it just felt like everyone around me had built it up to that and I wasn't ready for that and I don't even know but it was so See, at least you were open and honest about no it. I was, it was like so embarrassing it was he just looked freaked out and I look and I don't think we even spoke after that and I adored him for so long and it was just mortifying like out-of-body experience mortifying like I oh. But I didn't know what else to do. I had a thing with a guy who asked me out and, like, he was clearly a player. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, he was clearly looking for notches on his bedpost and I was like, oh, my God, he's holding my hand. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he one day uh, he was I was uh, at a party near where he was staying and then he came down and we, like, went for a walk and then he was like, do you want to come up to my apartment? I've got mm. champagne and strawberries. I was like told you that I don't drink yeah and I um, started to get the feeling that he if I asked him my name he might not yeah yeah called you it. sweetie instead yeah, of yeah, yeah yeah and then uh he went up to went up to his apartment we're making out and I was like I think I have to get home I think my dad's gonna worry about me <laughs> then he saw me out the door to the elevators and then he went back he was in uh, his socks he hadn't put his shoes back on and his door was locked and he locked himself oh god he locked himself out of his apartment and I was like bye <laughs> this was fun yeah, yeah. The ding it was so bad it was like a really shameful thing because then his friend called me on my phone and was like hey are you with oh. this guy and I was like oh god I thought you were going back to the he's, apartment he's outside the door just let him in <laughs> Oh, that was really embarrassing. Yeah. Um, it is. It's mortifying. But then he went on to have a very successful career and uh, go out with women who are much more beautiful than me. So. Oh, well, that's good. So did the one that I screamed at. So that's nice. <laughs> High five. So do you have any uh, controversial ideas? Um, I've thought about this a lot. There's a few... Well, I mean, this isn't controversial. and it, Oh, maybe it is. It's very immediate and it's not something I've thought about a lot because it happened today but Robin Williams passed away and we know about that and loads of comics on Facebook and social media have let it be known that they just think it's absurd that people are feeling anything for someone who they don't know and sort of like the whole you know being too attached to think to just superstar crap basically thank you Thanks. Yeah, being attached to a superstar. Yeah. Well, this is an interesting thing. That is an interesting thing because people seem to think that because you didn't have a genuine relationship or because the relationship you had with him was one way, it can't be real. Right. And I find it, I don't know, I found the whole thing incredibly sad and I think I found it sad for loads of reasons but one being I mean it's the reason is depression suffering from depression and I know loads of people my I've known people my whole life who have it and obviously with comedians it's everywhere and I've experienced it and all that type of stuff and it just felt incredibly sad because you see loads of comics who when they're depressed you speak to them and you're like why and they're not happy with where they're at 
with their career or they're not getting enough gigs or they're not doing this or they're not doing that but then you sort of look at someone like Robin Williams and it's like well he had all of that and it still haunted him and it just kind of I don't know well yeah the thing that you realise is that it's not about any of the actual stuff yeah it's not it's just that that's the language that you have to express I mean you're this is slightly difficult for me because my when I went in depression, it was related to a specific cause. Okay. Like I went through like a really hard time, uh, sort of sleep deprived, working incredibly hard at this investment bank, and then I went to Syria, and then I came back, and then I started working in a law firm. Okay, yeah. Which I didn't really want to do, but sort of felt like I should to get some stability back in my life. Mm. Those are things that will make you depressed. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be triggered by something. Like, I had a thing that I could point to that said that that was the reason. Yeah. But I know people who don't have any reason. Yeah. And that doesn't make them any less depressed. Like, the chemical state that my brain was in after that... Mm. Like this, I could have had any re- number of reasons. I could have pointed to any number of reasons why I wasn't happy. Yeah, yeah. But it just I wasn't capable of being happy. Yeah. yeah. You resent people caring <coughs> about you, even like. Yeah, it's a horrible. I mean, it's a horrible place to be. I've been similar where there's moments. I've had both. There's moments when I was first in the UK. Loads of things had happened. And I, on reflection, can definitely see the steps in which I just kind of kept going further down. Yeah. And there probably were moments where I could have, like, gotten out of it and I didn't and I just kept sort of spiralling. But like you were saying, there's definite moments I can pinpoint in time where I could say, okay, that contributed and that contributed and that contributed and general vitamin D deficiency contributed. Yeah, and being in a country all on your own, <laughs> away from your family and friends yeah. and the smell of things that should be right and just, yeah, just weird stuff, you know. But then there's other times where I've been incredibly depressed and there's literally nothing to blame almost. Yeah. Like to go, oh, it's, you know, it's because of this and it's like, well, no, it's not. It's just... It's just the... Chemicals are gone yeah. a bit haywire. I have the flu mm. in my brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what one of my doctors said. Yeah, really? Common as a cold, yeah. Yeah, well, it should be treated like that, maybe. I, yeah, yeah, I think it should be. I talk about it on stage yeah. because... That's what I was going to say as well. I find this interesting when you're saying like challenging ideas that I I try to, if I find something like that, I try to talk about it in comedy. I don't know why, but that's my natural instinct. Yeah, okay, now this is interesting. So that's a bit strange. No, 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 no. I think this is the, this is the, the hub of what, what we might be talking about today because um, there is this thing where... Um, a celebrity's died, and he's a celebrity that was kind of stitched through my childhood. Mm. I felt great affection for, you know, there were there, there at every stage of my development, there was a, a movie or something. Yeah, that he was there, and I was like, okay, I, you feel like you know that person, mm. and even if you acknowledge that you didn't have a genuine human relationship with them, 
I remember when uh, the tree at my parents' house was cut down. Mm. And it was a tree I'd climbed on all growing up, and I used to read in it when I was learning to read, and we used to sit up there and eat mulberries, and my grandmother had it cut down. Yeah. And I cried yeah. for days and days and days. So even if you take out the human element, which people seem to resent, and you just go... His face and presence and voice were mm. a feature... It's still sad. Yeah, like it is sad. Your child home getting knocked down. Like, you don't have to have like an uncle Robin relationship with this yeah. person to feel affection and loss. Right. But equally, you get these comedians. Um, there are two at the moment on my social media feed who are like tasteless jokes straight out of the gate. Yeah. Almost as though it's a duty. Yeah. It and that's exactly what I thought because I'm the same there's a few who are just sort of going to that as an instinct and I mean part of me gets it like I'm like okay you want to appear this is going to sound so uncool edgy <laughs> but you know yeah, you want to want to show that you're yeah that you're edgy and you're cutting and you're not you know another sappy comic and that's fine but surely there's a part of you as a human that has to acknowledge that this is sad and that people will be affected and maybe it's not a great time to make jokes I don't know I couldn't do it and I was affected by it I was affected by the friends who were writing these things and it surprised me how affected I was but yeah Yeah. I found it upsetting but you I mean this is the interesting thing I think because you write you say you speak about depression on stage yeah um and I certainly try to speak about difficult things on stage mm. um, because I find that is interesting. That's interesting where where those things are and where where like that's I don't know where truth truth or something is. But yeah, uh, like and and it's a, a way to process grief is to turn it into art. Yes. Um, yeah. So maybe that's what these guys are doing, but I don't think it is necessary. I think it's something different, some other impulse. Yeah, I think it's part of me when I first saw it was like, oh, it's just attention. You want attention. You, you want, want people attention. to bite and tell you it's inappropriate. You want people to argue, and you just want to be that person. I think and it's just contrariness. Yeah. I don't want to be with the crowd. Like, yeah, yeah. There are some people that define themselves as other. Yep. And it doesn't matter what the crowd is doing, even if they would otherwise. Like, even if left to their own devices, they might decide that this mm. was the correct thing. Yeah. Because everyone else is it's, not... Yeah. They do the opposite. Like, um, that's the reason I think that the LGBTQI mm-hmm. thing keeps getting longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it could just be queer. Yeah, yeah. You know, but because people, they want to be included, but they want to be... Yeah, their own separate... Their own thing. Yeah. I'm not... I can't be encompassed by just one like, category. I'm, my category is other than your category. and then. Mm. But some people are just other, other, other. Like, they just don't want to be going. part of the category. So they... Yeah, that's true. Really weird. I think there's a lot of that with comedy. Because you ask someone who doesn't do comedy how they see comedians. You're just all comedians. Yeah. That's all there is to it. I was speaking to a friend who's a comedian. His girlfriend at the yeah. time who's not a comic and I was just annoyed with a few of my friends who are comics and I was complaining to her and I was like oh they're trying to be 
edgy or whatever. They were just being annoying and they were sort of doing things to stir me. I'm like, oh, they're such anno- annoying guys sometimes. The way they get, they're just doing it for attention. They're just comics. And she looked at me. She's like, yeah, but so are you. You're kind of similar. I was like, no, 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 I'm not. No. You know, but that whole thing of breaking off little groups or like some comedians identify themselves as alternative others want to call themselves this others want to call themselves that but at the end of the day you're comics yeah and you're all talking about your old jobs yeah, or your yeah. religion or you're just packaging it however it suits you you know I guess yeah but that's again a, a, a false category it's like saying we're all people yeah 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 sort of it's mean, too easy meaningless. <laughs> it's meaningless yeah um, so you're doing a thing about um, or you're thinking of doing this film about uh, the women against feminism yeah women against feminism oh yes I find it just like I mean it's absurd for one I feel like the absurdity so the logical leap there was that's a category into which we both fall oh yeah yeah and um, but I would say we're very different comics on stage. Yes, I would. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I find that whole movement really absurd and frustrating, and makes me really angry. Uh, but then it's that whole, and I want to make a short video about it. But then I was speaking to someone, and like it's the whole thing of arguing with a racist. You can't argue with someone who's illogical because they don't see it. But I still, I still want to do it. I don't know. I don't know. I think that you might not ever convert the opposition, but mm. you certainly might sway someone who's undecided. Yeah. And comedy is the way to do it if there's any way to do anything. Yeah. And things that bother me or upset me, I seem to want to talk about on stage. And with something like this, I've never um, sort of reached out to work with other people before, even though I've wanted to. Yeah. And it's only taken me 30 years. Yeah. But now <laughs> I want to do, you know... I want to make things with other people who... I miss making things with other people, so Mm. I'm always on board with that. Like, I like like that, making things. I think you can be better than yourself if you're with somebody else who bounces off you. And I think if you, maybe just because I knew you first as a part of a collaborative duo, I think of you as a very collaborative performer. Yeah, yeah. Well... I wouldn't probably, I wouldn't have, well, no, not probably, I wouldn't have done any of this stuff without Mads, um, who I worked with before. I mean, even from the beginning of doing drama, and we met at, when we both changed high schools. Uh-huh. We both went to performing arts high school and started doing drama together. Yeah. And I adore Mads. I think she's hilarious and amazing. And I say that because so many people come up to me since we've stopped working together, people who don't even normally chat to me and say, do you guys hate each other? Did you have a breakup? Yeah. I even had an, an old employee say, oh, it's like a divorce. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I adore her. She taught me what it was like to have a friend and to how to, you know, we started together. Yeah. And I kind of miss what we did together because the funny that I felt when we were working together, I don't feel, feels like a different kind of funny on my own. Well, me, I had a similar experience, which was I came up uh, with the uh, impro people, um, particularly a guy called Scott Huntington. Oh, yeah. Who's uh, moved to Germany seven years ago now, and I've never met anyone who made me as funny as he. Yeah. Never. And a lot of the reason that I think I'm funny is because he made me think I was funny. (laughs) And so now sometimes I'm just stricken with this, like, 
if he never comes back, which he's unlikely to do, <laughs> will I ever be actually funny? Or, like, was this just a... Uh, yeah, I know that feeling, though. But that's so nice when you meet those people. Yeah, and they're and like, so rare. Yeah, and you sort of... The first time you make a new friend or whatever laugh, and you're like, oh, cool. Like, it's so exciting. And it's nice. Yeah, it is. But I've been thinking recently, like, my, my doubts recently have been about my level of funness. <laughs> oh, I always have that. Am I not... It's not even whether I'm funny, it's just whether I'm fun to be around. Yeah, you're fun. You don't feel fun? I think I'm interesting. <laughs> you know, like, I think I can have an interesting conversation. But then you meet those people who are just, like, charming. And yeah. they almost don't say anything. There's, like, no content. Yeah. But they're just fun. And they're crazy and they're exciting. And, and they seem to find it effortless yeah see that's definitely not me I'm um, effortful um. I put um, Toby Trusslove in that category mm-hmm. and Celia Piccola also yeah. just they're just fun energy like, they have like boundless amounts of energy yeah um, it's like they just make you feel nice like to be around them yeah I don't know <laughs> it's an interesting thing do you have um, strange guys who chase you around who chased me around? Not really. No. But I... You, what do you mean? I mean in terms of the, like, being on stage, being in the public eye. Oh, and sort of being a bit weird about that. Yeah. I had a friend ages ago who... That was a bad way to put it. What are your boundaries when it comes to... <laughs> when it comes to people who like what I do or just friends Well, I mean, who... let's frame it in the context of the discussion we were having before. We're, mm-hmm. like... We feel like we had a connection to, if not a relationship, with this guy who mm. died, who I guess millions of people feel the same way as we do, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know we ever existed, mm. didn't know we existed. Okay, yeah. I have people come up to me after shows who think they know me. Oh, okay, yeah. I have people who... Uh, I like that. Like, yeah, who listened to this? And I mean, I'm probably part of that because I've listened to this and I told you a couple of times. I'm like, oh, we're so similar. We, but, um, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I do, but only since because I feel relatively new to doing stand up on my own and figuring out what I want to talk about. And like mm-hmm. I was saying, I want to talk about things that sort of I find hard to talk about in life. Yeah. So. Things like talking about depression and talking about other personal things that have happened to me, I do get weird responses. Like, I, I did a set about depression, which sounds hilarious, um, at the Comedy Lounge. And, and it, I was happy with how it went, and yeah. the other comics were like, oh, that was great. And then afterwards, a guy came up to me, and I think he was really just quite confused by the whole thing, because he was like, that was good, that was funny, but, you know, you shouldn't talk about stuff like that lightly. And I said, oh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I, but for me, I, you know, I wanted to talk about it. And it was the first time where something I'd spoken about on stage seemed to rile up someone in that way. Yeah. Or the first time they chose to tell me about it. But that was weird because, for starters, what he was saying was a contradiction because he's like, you shouldn't talk about it, but it's good you're talking about it. Yeah. Which I kind of just went, okay, it's nice to meet you. <laughs> but um, well, I don't know how to take it. <laughs> Do that too. Oh, my God. Oh, thanks Thank for the you. feedback. So I get more responses with that. I get loads of people. I joke about how my default face position is 
I look angry, people assume I'm angry at them. And I've had way too many people come up to me and say, oh, it's true, when I met you, I actually thought you really hated me. Or high school friends who saw my Sydney show this year. They, yeah, they pretty much agreed with that. They're like, oh, that's true, in high school, I thought you just didn't like people. I'm like, didn't like people? Who doesn't like 17? people? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? But I, you know, <laughs> but that was kind of good because I was like, well, at least I know that that is something and I'm not just com- incredibly unlikable as a human like at least there is a reason why people are the, the, responding that way no I've never thought you looked particularly forbidding thank you I think uh, that's well, nice <laughs> I think you were cool like I, I always thought you and Mads were quite cool because you had your kind of that's so funny to me yeah, <laughs> that you kind of had a unit already formed and you had like an identity formed that is so funny to me I don't think we were cool at all. When I think about when we worked together... But isn't that the coolest thing of all? Maybe. I don't know. It's not. But we, <laughs> we, we were just clueless and really eager. Like, when I think back to how we thought and what we were doing and what we wanted, the other comics just sort of... We've got a birthday party happening. <laughs> right. It'll come on the podcast. It'll be fun. It, the other comics just sort of, I think, thought we were just clueless and they were probably right like the first year we did Adelaide we did it because we'd written a short play which we did at Sydney Uni yeah. and we took it to Adelaide Fringe no real thought behind it we were both just eager to perform yeah. we met loads of comics there and I think they sort of took us under their wing because they were like these two don't really know what they're doing <laughs> I think we had no idea really well also to a certain extent like young women are a rare commodity and you don't want mm. to scare them off. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, whether whether you have predatory or entirely benevolent instincts, yes. both of those are going to be there. encouraging. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Dave Callan came to see us in Adelaide and he was so incredibly supportive yeah. and just lovely. Yeah. You know, there were the gross guys who, you know, were horrible, but majority of them though were just really nice and and welcoming which was really cool because I was like oh they're so these guys are interesting and talking about something I like and it was really nice but I always thought of us as quite not the cool guys (laughs) yeah that said I was starting from a very low level (laughs) like I said I was in the choir (laughs) that's funny I used to um I was, like, scared to sing, and I, I had to be in the choir at my primary school, and I would just mouth the words because I was so scared to sing out loud. <laughs> I used to be in a choir, and because I had been brought up Buddhist, and a lot of the things you sing in those kind of classical choirs tend to be hymns and stuff, mm. I wasn't sure if I was allowed as an unbeliever oh. to say <laughs> Jesus. Like, so, or, like, hallelujah. So whenever it came to, like, a, a word that I thought of as, like, a religious word... Right. I would just not sing it. Like just I would go just mute. mouth it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Which I don't know why I thought, but I thought that would be it more w- respectful <laughs> or something. Like I wasn't allowed to say Jesus if I didn't believe in Jesus. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like Alice keeps cutting in and out. And I just can't <laughs> figure out why. So, yeah, I don't know what that impulse was. But. Yeah, thank good. you. Thank you. Uh, our, our weight person has amazing eye makeup. I know. I know. And earrings. It's very cool. We're in um, bad manners in Glebe. 
not that I'm sponsored, but I feel like I should mention where we are. Where you are? Well, it sets a tone, I guess. People who know bad manners, when you say that, will then have it in their head. And also because I think they are sponsoring us in a way. Yeah, there's, they're not saying get out, you can't do that in yeah, here. They're, they're happy giving to us have like you. an arts grant of tea yeah and time. <laughs> tea and time which is really all we ask for yeah exactly <laughs> i used to think if i became like or if i ever become like super famous and wealthy i'll just have a house where comedians can stay yeah i think they need that i know i'm surprised that doesn't exist already from some huge famous name i'm surprised they haven't just like put I a imagine, little house i imagine they did that and then some comedian got drunk and trashed it yeah and it turned pretty feral pretty quickly yeah actually maybe it's a really disgusting idea <laughs> you'd have to <laughs> there's a certain stream of, oh. of comedians who can't take um oh can't take anything positive and i've lived with like plenty of comics and it's been great for short periods yeah and i don't think i can do it probably anymore it's just not it's not great when it's a house full of comedians, especially during festivals. Why is that? Oh, God, I don't know, but it's horrendous. The first year in Edinburgh was Mads, Elwood, Eric, me, Nick Sunabit, who else? Ryan Withers and a handful of others coming and going. Oh, it was. I think it's because, which is like the whole mental illness thing again, but like I think because we can all be quite temperamental because it's, you're so invested in what you're doing. Yeah. You know, most of the time when you're doing a festival, whether it be in Australia or overseas, you've pretty much put everything you have into doing it. And the moment it doesn't go perhaps the way you envision, you can just get so depressed. Or, or however people deal with it. Some people get depressed, some people develop some addiction, you know. Yeah. But that in one small house in a foreign country, not so great. I love those people, but... yeah. They'd probably agree. <laughs> not it's not, no. not the thing to do. I had a really interesting uh, insight into, I don't know, maybe how fragile my ego is. Two things in two days. Mm-hmm. Um, one was I got the poster art for my Tracksuits live show, which is going up at the Fringe, from Dave Carter, who's my, or D.A. Carter, as mm-hmm. he's now styling himself, who's my collaborator for that. Um and there was one photo where I was like, I look quite nice. And the other photo where I was like, oh, oh, yeah. And it was like, it was in the space of one second. Yeah, I know. I know that feeling. When it's just like, you go from bliss to like everything is, yeah. And I was, I was thinking, I don't look like either of those things. You know, this photo where I looked amazing and kind of. Yeah. edgy and cool and all nice cool cheekbone lines and I was like oh my God, <laughs> it's I'm so glamorous and then the next photo I was like why do they not keep me in a box yeah I know that feeling they, no one should ever let me be in public <laughs> but, but don't you do, do you when you like flip like that do you flip hard or do you have some balance in there like do you have an awareness where you're like hang on I'm just or do you just sort of go all in and just go, I am a hideous person who needs to be hidden away and actually... Well, then I flipped... I felt like that and then I flipped back to the other photo again. <laughs> like, I'll, just, I'll just hide that one for yeah, now. I was like, I'm going to use this one and pretend that's what I look like. Yeah, I have those moments. I mean, every festival I have those. Like, you have... 
even within seconds of doing a show, yeah. if the first thing that I want people to respond to, they don't, I'm like, oh my God, this is horrible. And then they'll laugh. I'm like, oh, okay, it's going to be great. And then it's like, you know, and I wish I wasn't so I had a, in the moment. I had a semi-decent... The second thing that happened on that was I did my solo show for the last time to raise funds to do the publicity for the Fringe. Yeah. Um, uh, which was really cool. A friend of mine had seen it three times and she said, I want you to put it on. I want my friends to see it. And oh, I said, so nice. I don't know if I can organise it. And she said, I'll organise it. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And I showed up at the venue with all my gear and they said, how many people are you expecting? And I said, oh, I don't know, 10, 15. Mm. And there were 45 people there and the room was packed out and the show went really well. And my friend had come with his recorder and I said, I'm not sure if it's going to be worth it. And then he recorded the show. Mm. And so I'll have something to put up on... on on um, band camp or something and make a bit extra money and that was awesome I was so happy and then the next day I went out in Collaroy and did a gig with Austin Patience <laughs> and I did 20 minutes <laughs> to dead silence I'm the just... exact same jokes the same jokes yeah. like the best 20 of my hour to silence yeah like not even giggles <laughs> like I've never oh. done that badly never I'm never I'm just imagining a room full of ostentatious fans and they came and up then to you. me afterwards <laughs> like a bunch of them came up to me afterwards and like oh that was really good really interesting oh that is the weirdest thing that is the weirdest time you know you what you might try doing <laughs> you know what you should do tell me tell me what I should do you should try insulting the audience more. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, like, thanks. I'll write that down. Why? Why do they do it? That is the worst, is when you feel like you've just died a thousand deaths, and then someone will come up and go, that was really good. But, and you're like, oh, no, don't. Let's you just leave it at wrong. that. Let's just leave it at that. Let me go now. <laughs> yeah, I liked what you were trying to do. Oh. And you're like, Ugh. But yeah. I had loads of, um, not here, but my last Edinburgh run, loads of like, I don't like girls, but that was that was good for like, that was good. And I hate to bring it up because it's so cheesy, but it's I have so gotten cliched. a lot of that. Yeah. But this is the problem. It it's not cliched that we're saying it. It's cliched because it's happening yeah. to us. And often it's women who come up and tell you and you're yeah. just like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I should say thanks or I guess it's a compliment, but... I feel a bit sad, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. really know how I to digest it. I can't accept this compliment. Yeah. It's Why just... don't you keep it and think about it and yeah. make it into a better compliment and give it to someone else? I'd prefer that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it still is nice that people feel that they can come up to you and actually tell you they've enjoyed it. Or ask you up for coffee. But do you get a lot of that? Only when I've done badly. Really? <laughs> you know why? Because when you do well, they're probably intimidated. Like, if you if they don't... They probably have that element, which I hate because it's a stereotype, but I'm funnier than her, I can ask her out. Which yeah. I've heard loads of guys say, not comedian friends. Most of my comedy friends wouldn't go out with someone they didn't find funny. Yeah. But I've definitely, you know, I know I've seen guys who flirt with someone, they get up on stage and they kill, and then the guy just sort of cowers away into the background and disappears and they never hear from them again. And <laughs> you're like, well... But you wouldn't really want that person in your life anyway. It'd be exhausting. No. Yeah, you don't want that no. person. You don't want to be competing. No, 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 no. I mean, That's so unattractive to me. Now, that is something. Do you, are you okay to talk about the fact that you're going out with a... Oh, yeah, that's fine, yeah. 
comic? Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> well, I just don't know what's off limits. No, but no, like, that's okay. You say you don't want to compete, but you're doing the same job. Yeah, but I don't feel like we're competing. I feel like we're different enough. Yeah. And also I feel like we're in two different places because Eric has been doing stand-up on his own for about 10 years mm-hmm. and I sort of only started on my own maybe two and a bit years ago. Yeah. So if we'd started at the same time, and perhaps I'd, I would feel that, yeah. but I don't really feel competitive with him now. The only thing that bothers me is if we both write to someone and they ignore me for a month and they write to him straight away. But again, that's because... If we write someone for a gig. But again, yeah, that's yeah. because he's been doing it for 10 years and he's yeah. reliable and... Yeah. I don't feel competitive with him, though. I've had weird experiences with him when we've both gigged, just the response of other people towards both of us. And he's... And I've sort of said, hey... As a couple or... No, as just to... as someone comes up to him and says, that was a great set and you're right there next to him and they don't say anything to you. Or they you. just ignore me or... Or how we're both brought on on stage. We both did... We both did a tour of, like, the Baltics when we were overseas. Oh, cool. And, yeah, it's loads of fun. And I loved it. Like, I loved it. But just the responses that we both got, like... And we didn't... I'm not someone who enters the room and is like, this is my boyfriend. And he's not like that either. So yeah. often people didn't know. They just thought we were touring around. Yeah. But just different people. When it comes to, like, an MC, an MC would introduce him and build him up. And, like, in one gig in Finland, and everyone else there was awesome. But it was in Hel- Helsinki. This guy who introduced me sort of kept making a joke about my name and I was headlining that night so I was excited but then I got on the stage to take the mic and he literally stood in front of me and started making jokes in Finnish and it was just really weird like it was the type of stuff that I've never seen happen to a man yeah and I hate saying that I hate Alice believe me I hate saying it why do you hate saying it because I feel like it automatically a lot of people switch off. I feel like a lot of people are dismissive and say, no, it's probably because... So you agree with my twin brother on that. He doesn't <laughs> like it when I talk about feministy things because he's like, oh, you're, kind of, you're either preaching to the choir or you're turning people off. And there probably is some truth in that, but I still do talk about it because it bothers me. But it's... <sighs> and because it does happen. It did happen to me, and I do believe it happened because I was a female on stage and he was quite threatened because of... Not just because of how he introduced me and then how he sort of spoke over me and literally stood in front of me, yeah. which is a great way to bring on someone, yeah. but also just how he chatted afterwards, shaking all the guys' hands and literally looking past me. Like it's, it's the type of stuff where if someone else was there, you would notice it. But, but then their personal opinion would say whether or not it was a female issue. Do you know what I mean? Like Some yeah. people would go, oh, maybe they just thought you were threatening because of... See, I find this really a really interesting thing of whether, as women in the world, we should be changing the world to be more welcoming to us, or whether we just need to behave as though we're men mm. and then operate at that level. I know, and I hate that though. Like, I don't know whether, like, that's clearly the choice. But isn't I, it? yeah, and I hate it because I've done, I've tried that. Like, when I first started in London, I was quite intimidated. But I mean, the, having said that, Women in comedy is not such a big deal over there. Most, like, 90% of people I came into contact with are great. But because of my nervousness to start out on my own, I found myself sort of walking up to the guy and shaking their hand and kind of, like, feeling like, you know, I'm going to be, like, one of the guys. (laughs) How ridiculous does that sound? But Not ridiculous at all. It sort of felt like I had to 
kind of do that in some instances to just get a response. But I hated doing that though, because I was like, no, look, I'm. It's not how I work. It's not how I work, and I'm a human. And if there was an effeminate man here, would you treat him? How would you treat him? You know, like it's. Yeah. I See, I find it really interesting when it comes to conflict situations, mm. where I'll kind of g myself up, like really tense and re- be really like, okay, I have to do this confrontation, mm. and I go and then I do it, and they're like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> you know, like I'm like this has to be this way. Yeah. And, 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 and no, I'm not going to do it for that much money. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it for this much money because this is how much you paid the other guy, and yeah, yeah. I'm that good. And they're like, yeah, cool. I know, but or then it's... they're like, who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah. And then the other and thing you is, don't know which it's going to be. And if you didn't do that, how would you be treated then? Yeah. Like, would they have given you more if you had taken a more natural approach to you? Like, Mads and I, the whole thing of being the nice and mean one, we had moments where people would treat us both incredibly differently. Like, Mads, one guy did a show for us, and we prefaced the night, like, we told everyone, it's a free fundraiser, we're going overseas, we're not actually able to pay anyone, so please don't do it if you can't without being paid, because we've got nothing to offer you. Yeah. And one guy performed, he was, we said, like, ten minutes for everyone, he did, like, half an hour. Yeah. He was last, so it was fine. He did well. Yeah. But at the end of the night, he went up to Madeline and kept pressuring her for money, like, really aggressively, to the point where Mads was quite upset. Yeah. And she came up to me, she's like, he's going to, he keeps bothering me, says he wants to keep talking to me. And I said, oh, tell him to speak to me. And she said to him, go and talk to Jen, and he left. So how, yeah, so then what do you do with that? Because we're both, what does that tell you, you know, that sometimes if you, I don't know. I think it tells you that. um, And I would have responded the same way as Matt's. (laughs) Back at categories, which is you're either the Madonna or the whore, you're either the bitch or the pushover. Yeah. You can't just be a person in a thing. You have to kind of fall into a category. You're either brunette or blonde. Yeah. Which is what it was for us. (laughs) Or like me, sort of weirdly both. (laughs) You're just confusing people, Alice. Just confusing people. Um, But, yeah. Um should probably wrap it up but I'd like to have you on again at some point because I think this was a really interesting conversation I did too are you on the internet uh, this will go up on Thursday mm-hmm. do you have any gigs that you want to plug yes actually I'm headlining the Hive Bar on Thursday night ah, which will be fun hopefully. the Hive Bar in Erskine yes that's a cool little venue yeah it's upstairs it's above the bar and it's nice it's new it's really new and it's intimate I didn't and... know there was a gig there yeah who runs it Sam Kisajikian oh He's a sweetheart. He's very sweet. And he's doing. He's also running that new room, the Hump, with um, Sam Bowing. Yeah, but they're both. Yeah, they're both fun gigs. But I'll be there. You'll be there. And do you have Twitter? And I do. I've got a website. Yep. JenCarnavali.com. That's good. You got your real name. I couldn't. Some couldn't, uh, font person. Oh, <gasps> person who makes fonts. Really beautiful fonts has alicefraser.com, oh. so I had to go alicecomedyfraser.com, which is always embarrassing. That's actually funny, though, because didn't you, you used to write, you used to remember. I yeah, got yeah, yeah. someone, the first time I met you, someone was like, that's Alice, she can write out all the fonts from memory. And I was I like, used oh, to cool. Draw on people's jeans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I used to. Was it just you from another life when you decided that you wanted to do fonts Maybe and this you forgot? was the um, <laughs> sliding doors moment where there's another version of me in the world who's much more successful at making fonts. Um, oh, thank you very much. Thank you so much. This was lovely. I'm not saying you're having tea with Alice. You're having tea with Alice. I'm going to make that into a steam.